Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, everybody. So, Mr. Davis, got a jam-packed show today, so let's get right to some tech gumbo. Absolutely. We've got a lot of ingredients going in the pot today. Start off with what's going on over in Texas. If you're not familiar, there was a House Bill 20 was passed, which basically said users can sue platforms like Facebook and Twitter if they get censored for their viewpoints. And more importantly, House Bill 20 was passed back in 2021 and survived its first round of legal challenges. That's the big deal, is that it was a federal appeals court that upheld this ruling. This isn't just Texas is, you know, the governor signed it. This is the first round of justices said, yep, we agree after this first challenge. This opens up a whole can of worms. So this, the first uh, round of federal appellate courts were also the first group of judges who were trying to decide or trying to figure out if Twitter was, in fact, a website or not. Yeah, that's already not a great start because that's kind of a basic tech concept. And you really need the people who are going to be making these decisions to have a deep understanding of what the current technological and social platform landscape looks like. And so struggling with that one really kind of tells you why we end up with this ridiculous decision. Part of the problem with this legislation is it flies right in, into the face of Section 230 of the Telecom Decency Act of 1996 which is a federal law, if you overturn that Section 230, if Texas, if this Texas law upholds, then Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, YouTube, they all of a sudden cannot stop anybody from posting pornography, hate speech, any, any of the most vile things that you can imagine. They have to publish this stuff now. Right, because what it says is that you cannot downrank or hide or censor any content all that is posted to your platform. 
And that is a bad idea <laughs> because the the number of crazy people out there who can get together in small groups and spend their entire time dedicated to posting evil, vile things, they can have a really outsized influence. And I, as a normal person, don't want to see all of that. If these individuals want to have their own website and publish their own information and whatever their viewpoints, they have every ability to do so. There is no one stopping them from going out to GoDaddy or, or one in one or any website hosting company and creating a website and posting all of their content of anything that they want to do. But to go to a public platform like a social media, like a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, a YouTube, and say, you have to now publish the most vile things for everyone to be able to see, that's a problem. And we have seen people say, oh, I'm going to go start my own platform where there's less regulation and less moderation. We saw that with Parler. We've seen that with other uh, apps that have tried to be Twitter minus those people who are out there trying to rein in free speech. And it almost always goes down in flames because it turns out the people who are most interested in saying all these awful things say a lot of awful things. And so it's really hard to share pictures of your kids or look at pictures of cats whenever you're being inundated with some truly disgusting things. And so this this is just not a great direction. It also faces a lot of legal trouble because Florida just recently did not uphold a very similar law. The courts in Florida struck down a ruling like this, and the Supreme Court has also struck down laws like this. And so Texas, the, the Texas federal court said you can. Other federal courts have said you can't. It's going to come to a head soon. Well, it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court's going to say Section 230 stands. And until Section 230 is changed, then that's the law. And um, this is a relatively conservative or a very conservative Supreme Court, depending on how you want to look at it. They're not going to try and change all of social media from the bench. They're going to say, no, Section 230 is there. Go change it in the, in, the, in the legislature. If you want to enact new laws or change new laws or, or regulate things, okay, fine. Go do it in the legislature. Right. But the, yeah, the federal government has been very clearly laid out what you can and can't do. And this flies in the face of that. Now, we have said for a long time, and we'll continue to say probably for a long time, that we need new regulations around social media and we need new laws and restrictions that update what these platforms can and can't do and to better reflect how they function today as opposed to you know how they functioned back whenever section 230 was written but these new regulations that we're calling for need to be very thoughtful they need to be very specific they need to really work with people who are experts in the industry because just trying to nuke the whole thing is not going to work. And by and large, the things we've called for on the show have been more about data protection and data, data privacy. It's not been about censorship in any kind of way, shape, form, or fashion. It's not been about 
trying to push one political view over another. That's not what this show does. This show reports the facts. And the fact is, what's going on in Europe with the general data protection rights and, and now the, the, um, the new Digital Services Act that they've just created to even further control what's going on with your data, your private data, is that's where the regulations and changes are, are going to start happening. I don't see Section 230 being changed anytime soon, because if it does, then Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they all go away. As you pointed out, the rules around you know increasing data privacy for the individual, those might fall under the umbrella of politics, but it's popular on both sides of the aisle. Everyone, even your, your most conservative senators and your most liberal representatives, all want more data privacy for the individual. They want their data better protected and they want their constituents' data better protected. This isn't a, a radical viewpoint on one side or the other that whenever I'm surfing the internet, I should be in control of what happens to my information. We did see that there's one senator proposed a commission to oversee technology companies. And while it's an interesting thought exercise, if you will, once you really start peeling back and looking at it, it all of a sudden blooms into a much bigger issue. It was Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado who proposed the Federal Digital Platform Commission. And it would have a new agency which would be in charge of investigation, rulemaking, impose penalties, support research. So what he's proposing is fairly large here, fairly expansive, and they would really have a lot of power associated to them. When you consider how big social media is in our day-to-day -day lives and think about what this kind of agency could grow into, it could, it could just be massive in a real fast and be a bureaucracy that's just going to stalemate and kill any kind of change or, or have any kind of influence on anything. The thing that I worry about, though, is that we, if our alternative is doing what we're currently doing, everyone agrees that what we're currently doing is not working. And so we need a something, and it probably is going to have to be big. It probably is going to take a lot of resources to really study and understand the complex nature that happens whenever you have the intersection of technology and economics and public behavior you're going to need a lot of different things in order to be able to effectively do your job. And I wonder what people at the time, whenever the Federal Communications Commission was created, what did they say at the time? And would they have been critical of it? And would we be able to create that today? Do we want something like the SEC today? Has it been largely successful? Has it been a failure? Are we taking that same lens to make sure that we are still creating stuff because if we just dig our heels in and say that nothing can ever be created ever again from a government perspective then we're always going to end up with a government that is outdated so we'll keep an eye out and see what happens with the the digital platform commission act my guess is it probably doesn't go very far but it is a first attempt at impacting change i agree that it's probably nothing's going to come of this and we want something to happen, and it's frustrating to see a bunch of people take one-off shots and, hey, this is my idea, and then it never goes anywhere. Eventually, they have to start working together to tie some of these ideas together to actually do something. We do want to 
talk about Microsoft, how they have really launched into the whole cybersecurity services business. I mean, they're jumping in with everything they've got. This is actually inspiring. <laughs> this is some of the good news that we have. We're not just all doom and gloom here. And Microsoft doing this is really important because they're one of the few businesses who is uniquely poised to have the ability and to have the expanse to actually fight back against ransomware and other cybersecurity threats like this. They're talking about adding 500,000 cybersecurity jobs in the U.S. alone, then really going after all of the problems, the malware, the ransomware, all of the things floating around, going through the email, coming across the internet. Microsoft has taken this on whole hog and company I work for, we're a Microsoft partner. I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. Absolutely. The Microsoft is trying to kill ransomware and good because it is a pervasive problem. It has been for a while and it's going to take a, a power player like this really ramping up and throwing their weight around in order to actually kill off this problem that we face. And, you know, certainly Microsoft knows that they can't do it alone. And Sachin Nadala, the CEO, is not the kind of guy who's going to say, we're going to do it all by ourselves. You know that they're going to bring in the experts from the firewall companies. They're going to have Google involved. They're going to have different players, have Apple, have you know everybody that come to the table and let's put our best ideas together and stop this. We've already talked in the past about how they work with the U.S. federal government, how they're working with foreign governments and how this is it's not just it's too big for one entity to fight and it is going to take all of the good guys coming together avenger style in order to actually beat this speaking of the avengers or rather the mit engineers they went into some groundbreaking research here recently yeah we saw this one and said that we really needed a palate cleanser every once in a while gotta keep a sweet taste in your mouth MIT engineers have created the Oreometer. I believe it's pronounced Oreometer. Oreometer. Oh, is that how it is? Okay, thank you. I stand corrected. The Oreometer. It basically it allowed these engineers to put to the test the cream filling and why it sticks to one side of the cookie and and not the other, and all kinds of different fun and interesting things came out of this research. So this actually, there was, so their findings were kind of surprising that it didn't matter if you were a regular Oreo, a double stuff, a mega stuff, or any of the different flavors, the original chocolate, mint, golden, whatever, almost all of the filling always stuck to one side and not the other. There was very, very little filling that split evenly in half. The other thing that they found was that it also, it didn't matter where the cookie was in the box. They noticed that the cream would stick to the inward-facing wafer the closer it got to the middle of the, of the box. If it was on the left side, it twisted towards the right. If it was on the right side, it twisted toward the left. Just really fascinating things about where the cookie was in that box as to how it twisted apart. It was super interesting. So when asked why are MIT engineers picking apart Oreos, they did have a valid defense. So this comes from the Rheology Lab, 
and rheology is the study of weird types of fluids and solids. And so uh, one expert said that the 3D, 3D printing fluids that they use are in the same class of material as Oreo cream. So this new understanding can help better design ink when trying to print flexible electronics. Okay, sure. That's what they <laughs> <want>. <laughs> Yeah. And that and really the cream inside of an Oreo is the same kind of stuff that's in 3D printing fluid? Really? Oh, I didn't I don't know if I wanted to know that. My guess is this is one of those things that they worked backwards to find and it was like, "Hey, by the way, this this checks all these same boxes. Hey, are you guys kind of hungry right now?" And so yeah, they that a fun little uh, fun little project that got a whole bunch of headlines, got got us talking about it. So yeah, I'm sure a couple of you know PhD students got their their grad students and some undergrads involved, and they went through what twenty something boxes of cookies. I wonder how much milk they went through as well. <laughs> I did not say. So the last story we wanted to talk about happened in New York City here just the other day, where. Grubhub did a little promotion to give everybody in New York City a $15 free lunch. So this, as an idea, is an excellent promotion. Grubhub said, hey, if you use our platform between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. on May 17th, we'll cover the first $15 of your meal, which is all right. Awesome. You know what? Uh, I was hungry yesterday and I said, yeah, sure let me order lunch and see what i get the problem is grubhub didn't do anything to really to prepare anybody for this they didn't tell any of the restaurants anything about this and they were getting six thousand orders per minute in the new york city area that flooded over the three hours restaurants because it was only during a three-hour window 11 a.m to 2 p.m 6,000 orders per minute comes out to a little over a million total orders. And if you're not prepared for that, you had restaurants shutting down. One, one restaurant said he had to close because he had 500 orders waiting to go out. And he, could, he had enough for about 100 to, to, to feed. And people started calling Grubhub. And to, to complain, and one guy was, you know, the online hold said, you're 3,630th in place to talk to customer service at Grubhub. Good yeah. luck with that. <laughs> Whenever you have a little over a million orders coming through your platform, and there's only 8 million people in the city, Jesus, yeah, all the restaurants are not ready to have their entire week's worth of orders you know, a three-hour window, especially whenever no one gives them a heads up. Because even if the restaurant could sit there and make the food fast enough, you still have the same number of delivery people. And they weren't capable of bringing all the food out at this lightning rush pace. And so you ended up with just a giant nightmare. But hey, don't fear because now Grubhub has a whole lot more new people to advertise to, which they're probably okay with because, yeah, they got a little bad feed now, but hey, guess what's coming to an inbox near you? A whole lot more Grubhub messages. 
Yeah. All the people in the restaurants and the delivery people who I mean, were completely squeezed on that day, they don't matter that much. Grubhub's going to end up, they, as you pointed out, they got their new information. You know, six months from now, they'll start blowing up your inbox if they wait that long. And they're going to make their money. And the wheel goes round. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.